It's Tuesday, it's that time again, and I'm delighted to be joined by a very special person today, and that's Susie Edge. Hi, Susie. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Hi. Not too bad. And um, I don't know what the lockdown is like at the moment in Scotland, but it seems to be, from like going around Cambridge the last few days, that people are going back to the shops, everything seems to be going back to normal. And then when I go to Addenbrooke's to drop Bessemer off to work, it's kind of shocking to see where the patients have to see their loved ones over a fence and they can't touch each other. And, and you suddenly realise, oh yeah, this is still happening. Um, what's it like up there? Well, we're a little bit behind actually in Scotland. We are, I think it's just okay. two or three weeks of, um, you know, the, the things the things that are happening in England, they take a couple of weeks later, we sort of have a think about maybe instigating that as well. So things aren't quite as um, much of a buzz here yet. Having said that, I live in like the middle of nowhere, miles from anywhere. So <laughs> I just <laughs> so you never I, I saw many know. people anyway. I don't see any like the, the postie comes and I just can't stop talking to him and he's like, oh, I've got to get away. <laughs> this mad woman. So I'm starting to you know order things online just so I can see someone coming. To <laughs> well, there you go. So at least we get to talk, and this is part of your uh, contact with humanity again. So let's just start our ten minutes. We've got our alarm set. Um, so, okay then. So I just want to find out, you know, in, in early March, what was going on for you and how have your plans changed because of the lockdown? The lockdown has been a, uh, it's been a bit of a tale of two halves for me, really, which started, I'd probably say before March, because after Christmas, I, everything was going really well. I was getting really fit. I'd lost some more weight. Everything was grand. I went and bought a new dress um, for a function that I went to. Everything was great. And then a couple of weeks later, I went down with some mystery viral illness, which, you know, I had a fever and a cough and all these horrible okay. things. And, Could you uh, taste anything? I know. Uh, no, no, I went through that as well. It was very odd. I tried to walk the dog and I, and I was really hypoxic, felt like I was at altitude the whole time, which was a bit strange. Oh, so high but, po- um, pox is to do with oxygen and air, right? And high yeah, yeah. lack of air. So I'm trying I to just, translate it into normal sorry. person speak. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So I was walking my dog and literally felt like I was at altitude. Right. Which I have been at. So I knew that this, I was, you know, walking uphill, I was dragging myself. My whole body felt so slow and heavy. So you're just not getting enough oxygen. You're, so I wasn't getting enough oxygen. In. Obviously, I, I couldn't test it. I don't carry a, I don't carry a monitor around with me. But yeah, I, I, I went through that and I was really unwell for quite a few weeks. I couldn't train. I couldn't do anything. Um, I actually ended up seeing my GP and uh, getting some bloods done and, and they found an acute kidney injury. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was really unwell. Wow. And then I started to uh, I started to slowly recover from that, get better, and uh, I got back to training. So I was um, I do martial arts, and I got back to that. And then everyone was talking about stopping because we're all talking about uh, going into lockdown. So of course, yeah. yeah. And can I just say what's really weird yeah. is that our neighbours are from Iran, and so Iran was hit with this quite early on. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, one of the classic signs that their family had was a lack of taste and smell. And what I found really strange was that wasn't talked about here at the time at all. And I was, and they said, basically, if you have that, that could well be a sign of COVID. We didn't know for sure, but it could well be. And then suddenly, uh, about a week or two later, people started talking about it. It became a bit more common. And I thought, why didn't the government tell us this? I don't know if they didn't know, but my neighbor told me he knew. It's, it's <laughs> funny that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I spent the first, uh, you know, going then into March, I spent quite a lot of time absolutely glued to the TV, glued to the news, glued to what was coming out of number 10, Um, you know, taking it all in, in almost taking it all in face value, which is a bit unlike me, and and, and really getting quite uptight about it all. Um, And then the GMC, of course, got in touch and said, 
were looking to reinstate your license because I actually had given up my license to practice medicine last year. Okay, so, so I just want to say that that's a general medical council, right? So they're the people who regulate doctors. Yeah, so they yeah. provide, so you can be a member of the general medical council, but you still need a, a license from them to practice medicine. And I didn't have yeah. one, Okay, but they reinstated me in March, um, at the end of March, because they asked me to come back to, to the hospital to help with COVID. So I was getting ready for that. And, uh, you know, everything had gone into lockdown. I think it was the 23rd of March. Um, and then a few days later, I had a, um, I had a phone call to say that my dad had died. Oh, he, wow. Uh, he, it was sudden. It was unexpected. He just collapsed. And, um, and that was the end. So what a punch in the gut. Yeah. I mean, I, it was devastating. And I, um, yeah, I, I, I actually went at that point to my mum's house and decided that I was just going to quarantine there and be with her. Yeah. Um, so I went and did that, but it took a whole month, um, of waiting till we could have the postmortem, uh, sorry, till we could have the funeral because the postmortem took so long because of the, because of COVID, I think, I don't think it normally takes yeah, a whole month. Yeah. Um, but we waited all that time. And then of course we went through the funeral of how it's been for a lot of families for the last few months of just very close family, all sitting quite far apart, being told by the, I wanted to say celebrant, but that's more wedding, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Being told by the guy, you know, don't touch each other and all that sort of stuff. And it was, I can't imagine the time you want to hug more than that actually. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, fortunately for me, my children were there and with me and I was, you know, was able to, do that with them but yeah that uh that really was a big punch and because it took so long and because then um i don't want to go into their details but other family members were unwell sure. i didn't want to then go back into the hospital and i didn't think my mother could could deal with that yeah no, well um, of course of course and you know what we were talking earlier on about this and being a doctor is such a huge part of i imagine your identity because i know it is for Bessemer and i know it is for lots of doctors and and at times like this, I mean, okay, I can only talk for some of our family members who um, they were considering going back as well. And I and I just said to one of them in particular, that I really don't think you should. Of course, it's your choice, but you're retired now. And I'm really terrified that you might get sick or something might happen. And even though that sounds a bit selfish of me, you can't help but not want to lose your loved one if you can help it. And they didn't in the end. And then I, I thought, yeah, I think they feel a bit guilty about that, which they shouldn't do. Because anything you can give is amazing and it's not expected. I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, that went through my mind as well. I, you know, not just my family saying, well, hang on a minute, but even I was kind of concerned yeah. about what I was going potentially going into. As, you know, thousands of people out there actually working with these things, but but the idea of volunteering to go and do it is a slightly different again. Yeah. And then to not do it, yeah, of course there's guilt. Of course there's guilt. I, I feel guilty actually just for not practising medicine. <laughs> like that's already there. Yeah. To then have this issue of not going back, but having said that, you know, I talked about I talked about uh, the sort of tale of two halves for lockdown for me, and after the considerable amount of gin and wine drunk in the few <laughs> weeks in the few weeks after Dad's um, death, and you know a lot of crisps eaten and a lot of you know yeah all that sort of stuff, you know. I had a bit of a moment about six weeks later, I think I sort of said, you know, I've got to sort myself out. Yeah. What's one of the things that, that drove me was that dad had died of, of a, 
he died of a heart attack, but it was on a background wow. of, of diabetes and metabolic syndrome and something that I had tried over the years to help him with. And, and, you know, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, geez, you know, you need to sort yourself out. It's funny as well, um, isn't it? There's a certain period of time, I think where, uh, well, I can only speak for myself, but like almost comfort eating and hitting the bad foods that we crave, but aren't good for us. There's a certain point where they just, the novelty wears off and you think, I'm feeling awful and this isn't actually as fun as I thought it would be. It's just feeling pretty nasty. Like why is it you don't, you don't lose weight quickly. I should be, I suppose in keto you could to be fair, but you don't generally lose weight quickly and you don't feel like you put weight on quickly, but you sort of feel like two weeks in like, Oh my word, what happened to my gut? And I'm feeling yeah. sluggish and I'm feeling tired and all those things start. And you think, why am I doing this to myself? Almost like that look in the mirror moment you describe, what am I doing? I don't, I don't need this. That definitely happened. And uh, yeah, so I, I got myself back into a routine and into a rhythm and uh, and I'm feeling I'm feeling great now. I mean, I just before good um, just before we sort of started recording, I was saying I just come off. I've just done a long, hard martial arts session and I'm feeling quite um, I'm feeling quite done in. But actually, I know tomorrow <laughs> I'll feel fine and that, you know, I'll get on to the next thing, get on the bike, whatever. And then, yeah, so in a way it spurred me and I, and I have had the opportunity now because I'm, we are in lockdown. The kids are at home, husband's working from home. Everything's happening here and I've got a routine and the routine is so paramount to me. And, and it's been, yeah. it's been marvelous. So um, what, tell me about your routine this. then. What do you do? Do you mind me asking? <laughs> I'm not early to rise. I have to say, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's really funny. And all these really, you know, excitable people are saying, yeah, I'm up at five o'clock and I'm going for a run. And I'm thinking, <laughs> Like, there's another five o'clock <laughs> <What? laughs> um but yeah i get up uh and I, I i drink coffee i have a to have i make a cafetiere of coffee and i sit there and i think about um i think about the day ahead what the kids have got on and uh what i'm wanting to do i sit there and drink my coffee and then i hit social media and see what's going on in the world yeah and um that's a civilized start yeah. to the day to be fair that's much more civilized than get up for a run <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm not a morning exerciser. I never have been. Are you? Are you a bit of a night owl? Do you think rather yeah. than a morning light? Yeah, I'm a definitely, definitely. a night owl. Yeah, definitely. and it seems like society's definitely not set up for us, which is crazy, really, isn't it? That's why you've got to have your own business. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I don't know. You've just you've thrown me completely there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, Susie. It's what I do best. So okay then. So well done. We don't know how much long we've got in lockdown at the moment, of course. But mm-hmm. um, of course, the time remaining, I hope it's all okay. And I, I, do you see your mum now? Are you part of a bubble with her, or um, is it kind of Zoom contact? It is uh, actually just telephone because she's not a great fan of um, FaceTime or whatever. Right. But she's actually quite a long way away. I'm in the north of Scotland, and she's in um, Lincolnshire. So uh, it's oh wow. Time. Down yeah, south to you, I suppose. That yeah, is yeah, way down south. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, I see. So she's a long um, way away. Oh, okay. She's a long way. My, my my brother was able to stay with her for for the whole of lockdown, so he's still yeah. there. So, so she's been able to have time. So, oh no, that's a very <laughs> yeah. You know what? I actually feel really gutted that alarm went off because um, I feel like there's a lot more we could go into. But <laughs> thank you, Susie, uh, for your time and. Um, yeah, like, you know, all the best with the routines and everything. It sounds like it's going really well and sounds like a really healthy uh, change and a bit of a turn you've taken, which is great. Um, it, it's also very similar to a lot of people's stories, including my own, where at the beginning, when everything's coming at you and the anxiety is up and it seems like 
you can't even imagine April, let alone May and June and what was going to happen. I remember thinking, are we going to be in lockdown kind of till September or even later? And what's it going to be like? Am I going to see my family for half a year or more? Um, and I think a lot of us probably did have a bit of a wobble because it seems so overwhelming. But then, like you say, you just decide one day, no, I'm going to do what I can to look after myself. So yeah, I wish you all the best and I hope that carries on and hopefully we'll see each other in person one day soon. Thank you, Dan. I really look forward to that. I'm sure we will. I'll get down to, I don't know, maybe real food rocks or get a decent timing later on in the year or next year. Yeah, we'll meet up in Lincolnshire. Like, I'll go up, you'll go down and then we'll Perfect. be in the middle. <laughs> All right, Susie, have a lovely week. Bye-bye.